now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. If you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is the place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They'd love to hear from you. I'm your host here every week. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled hundreds of transactions in our fair city. Uh, I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada, and I'd be pleased to help you as well, too. You can find me and the rest of the whole Home Show team members on the cfax1070.com website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe, and all their contact information is there. Or you can reach out to me online. Just Google Tony Joe Remax, Tony Joe Victoria Real Estate, or look up the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. There's so much to know about real estate because no two transactions are the same. There are so many variables aside from the price of the home. You know, there's dates, inclusions, conditions, inspections. The list goes on. And this is one of the very reasons why we, the real estate profession and industry, are here. Because as a consumer, you can read all about terms and conditions and contingencies, but this is very different from learning them from time and time again, agents who do it on a daily basis. But there's a lot of myths out there, you know, hearsay and conjecture. Today, my guests will be talking about and answering some frequently asked questions and debunking theories and myths. Our fellow team members of the Prime Real Estate team are here, Kyle Kerr and Sean Farrell. Uh, and of course, as always, we've been recording this uh, and the video you can watch on YouTube or uh, on the Prime Team website as well. So Sean and Kyle, welcome to this week's program. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks to Sam. Yeah. Nice you know, um, usually, of course, I start with a uh, weekly listener question or story, but because you guys are here and because we're talking about uh, real estate myths and all that kind of stuff, we're going to dive right into it. And, um, you know, Kyle is a somewhat regular guest here. Uh, we did a Frequently Asked Questions episode months ago, but, you know, there's no end to these stories, right? There's, there's so mm -hmm. much. No, not at all. And I mean, now that we got Sean here as well, it'd be great to hear some of those questions that he gets asked a lot. And uh, I mean, I mean, we deal with this every day, and uh, sometimes you got to answer the same questions, and sometimes you get new ones. Yeah, oh, well, and the first question is, who is Sean Farrell? Well, <laughs> that's this guy. That's this guy, yeah. <laughs> Sean, uh, welcome, Sean. Sean joined the Prime Real Estate team a couple of months ago. Uh, he has been uh, locally in the real estate market for 14 years. Mm -hmm. uh, came from another brokerage. In fact, uh, I came from another long-standing real estate family uh, who has been around for a long time, specializing in luxury real estate. Uh, we are we're glad to have you, Sean. You are you're very much uh, the tech guy and also the textbook guy. So um, <laughs> level of expertise, we're very happy uh, that you're here. 
Well, thank you very much. Attention to detail, attention to coffee this morning. Uh, it's sweater weather all of a sudden out there. The foghorns were blasting, but the sun's burning it off. Um, uh, we're working from home a lot these days, so pumpkin spice lattes aren't really an option unless I uh, go out. But this was uh, we're starting early enough today that uh, I'm, I'm here at the home office. And um, uh, my office is in a condominium. Yes. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was... Uh, Oh, we have a lot of buyers that we, we came through the last couple of years where homes and listings uh, in strata complexes, whether it's a townhouse or, or a condo apartment, would uh, be selling quite quickly. And there was a period of time there where listing agents uh, would make all the strata documentation um, available to any prospective purchasers. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's, let's just dial that back for a sec. So I have yeah, a buyer. Yeah. I want yep. to buy a condo, but it's a hot market. and. Yep. And we might need to fight for it. So then I call you and I say, Sean, uh, before we do anything, send me all the strata documents because my buyer wants to read it, right? Right. And there had been a lot of that. Uh, yes. it, it, we, we saw more and more of that uh, happening. And it uh, and uh, that's a perfectly fine scenario. So, so long as the, the seller is in agreement uh, with, uh, with his agent to be able to release those documents, because that was the point that uh, I, I make to a lot of clients is that a lot of them are still used to that. They're like, oh, I think I like that one. Let's take a look at the financials or let's take a look at the depreciation report. Mm -hmm. um, depreciation reports are engineers reports that are, are done on the building to assess major structures and issues for those who don't know. And uh, there's also, you know, uh, minute, minutes for meetings, uh, be it uh, annual general meetings and, uh, and operating budgets and whatnot. All of those documents are, are things that we would routinely ask buyers to review as part of their due diligence before they actually commit to buying a property. Yes. Uh, and to speed up things back when things were selling quite quickly, we often had listing agents providing selling agents those documents uh, before they even made an offer. Yes. We're getting back to normal a little bit, but just so people are aware, the normal, the normal thing is that we put conditions on an offer. Conditions, you've probably heard of them. Uh, conditions are subject, subject to, to reading strategy. Yep. Yeah. Those are in place to allow a seller and buyer to negotiate terms that they like, uh, be it uh, you know price, closing dates, and whatnot, and then give the buyer time to do their due diligence before due diligence. Sorry, before they decide to. But in a hot move. market where they're faced with maybe fighting for this, they might not have the ability to to have that condition, right? There were a lot of people. There were a lot of buyers that were just going in and committing to buying these places without doing uh, inspections or relying on the uh, billing envelope. And nowadays, we're finding single family homes are selling really quickly mm -hmm. and we and and in, in lieu of uh, a bill uh, uh, an inspection report pardon me not an inspection report but for the depreciation report some sellers for a single family detached home will be offering a pre-inspection report yeah. and uh, we're also coaching our buyers that uh, although that can be a very useful document for you because the seller paid their uh, inspector to create the report if you rely on it and there's a problem, you may not have any no recourse. recourse. So, okay, yeah. well, let's step back though, because you were getting somewhere here about the strata documents. Like, so mm -hmm. us asking for strata documents in advance, which, you know, uh, happens a lot, but there is, there is a concern there, right? Well, they're private documents. That's what a lot of people don't realize. I think they got used to them being being openly public what is what is public for well not necessarily public but what a member of the public can do they can go to the land titles office or they can ask their agent to mm -hmm. uh and they can retrieve the strata plan 
which shows the, the building, its location on it, the property and the, the outline, uh, various the outlines yes. of all the units. Yeah. Uh, they can also get the strata bylaws. Those should be filed there in most circumstances. Uh, and, but when it comes to the, the minutes, the financials, um, the depreciation reports, uh, all, all of that information, that's very important for a buyer to review and their due diligence. Those are private strata documents and most stratas and strata owners aren't in a normal course of business wouldn't be broadcasting those to the public. They would want to negotiate an offer with someone to would, would demonstrate good faith and intent on someone's part to actually go ahead well, with this. Well, this is, this is yeah. a good point because it's not yeah. like a consumer can walk, knock on the door of a property management company and say, hey, I'm looking for the strata documents for, you know, one, two, three, you know, unit one of Broad Street because uh, they won't give them up because there is often some sensitive information there. So, yep. um, so, so what are you saying then, Sean? What's the, uh, um, what is there a concern or a remedy? Well, the, 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 yeah, it's the remedy is going back to basics and going back to, to normal. We, uh, we need to negotiate the terms that you're going to be satisfied with to buy, to buy the place in terms of, uh, of meeting all your needs. And then after that, you're going to do your due diligence and you're not going to, you're not going to be obligated to anything, uh, you know, uh, but it's just, there's a lot of preconceptions that people have, right? That the strata documents the right. are yes. the right to look yeah. at those before yeah. they even make any decision. And yeah. that's actually not true. And, and some, most people, when they think about it, they get it. I, I liken it to, to selling a business. If you're going to buy a, uh, you know, if someone's looking to sell their business, they don't put all their financials out there uh, for the whole world to review uh, because it's a, uh, it, it's pri it's private. So you, you know, you, you want to, you want to make sure that person that's looking at them at least has some true intent to buy. And usually presenting an offer, it, it demonstrates that intent. Yeah. So uh, the other thing too, is we, as a team, the prime real estate team, we get authorization from our sellers. So when we take a listing, that's a strata, we yeah. have a form that not only allows us to have access to that, but we also ask for the permission to actually give those documents to a third party who's, uh, who's interested. But listen, uh, it's break time right now. We need to take a uh, quick little break. When we come back, we're having a conversation with Prime Real Estate team members, Sean Farrell and Kyle Kerr, answering your questions and maybe debunking a whole bunch of myths. Back in just a minute. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, we are chatting with fellow members of the Prime Real Estate team, Sean Farrell and Kyle Kerr. We are talk we're talking about frequently asked questions and maybe debunking some myths as well, too. Sean just brought up before the break the uh, fact that strata documents are not um, – they are private documents, right, Sean? They are things that um, – Con that consumers, the members of the public, are not entitled to without going through some degree of process, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle, now, um, how about you? Let's let's talk about something that people often think, uh, you know, is true of real estate or the real estate industry, but it's not necessarily. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the most common uh, misconceptions, or just in, in conversations that we have to have with clients, is. Realtors are not lawyers. <laughs> what? Right? We, what? I know. I know. Um, you know, we are, we do a lot of education. Tony, you're an educator in a lot of different courses when it comes to real estate. We understand agency, how to write a, a you know, a binding contract. But there are certain issues and certain things that will come up many different 
different times in a real estate transaction that requires a professional lawyer who has that experience uh, to be able to answer that question fully. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we, we are there for people. We help them put those deals together. Uh, but when it comes to things like tenancy, you know, latent defects in a home, uh, the legality of someone trying to rescind from a contract at, at different stages in that process. Um, they want to come to us, but, you know, we don't handle legal precedent, right? We're not involved in those messy situations when a lawsuit does happen. So we do generally recommend, and I get people that push back and they say, well, no, I don't, I don't want to call my lawyer. I, you know, maybe they're worried about billables or, yeah. or, or some of those types of things, but you know, we cannot comment to the, to the, the final degree, how to interpret the strata property act or the residential tenancy act. It's our job to make people aware of certain challenges or certain things that could be potential issues. But just like with a building inspection, you know, if we see something in a home that looks a little bit funny we would normally say hey we need to get a building inspector in to review that or an engineer or you know a depreciation or yeah, yeah. specialist and it's the same thing when it comes to lawyers so uh, I find that sometimes as people yes when it when things maybe get a little bit sticky you do need to consult with a lawyer because your realtor we're just our licensing says that we cannot provide certain types of advice okay so it, actually it's not just lawyer because you brought up a whole bunch of other ones and circling back to True. what Sean talked about before the break uh, about depreciation reports and strata stuff and everything. Because every once in a while, a consumer will say, hey, can, can you read uh, that stuff for me and let me know if the building's okay? Yeah. Right? Well, and that's exactly it. And again, we, we do review these documents. We do that as part of the process. What I always like to say to people, it's, it's as best to get as many different sets of eyes on this contract, on these documents as possible. Uh, it's why when we work with our clients, we generally always send the contract and, and supporting documents to their lawyer, do an initial review as well. And, and some people will say, well, isn't the lawyer just supposed to handle the paperwork at the end? But I think, you know, lawyers are specialists in this field for a reason. Uh, and it's, you know, they have access to different uh, types of information. And again, they understand understand little precedent. And yeah. so that's why we work with them. But I mean, sometimes, especially if there's a dispute on a certain thing, they kind of almost want us to act as like a legal mediator. <laughs> when again, you know, there are those times where we have to bring in that outside professional. I think, I think it's really important for consumers to know. And as a reminder to our colleagues who listen to this program, because we know we have a lot of uh, local realtors that, uh, that listen in weekly, they're in their cars. Um, one of the main things here is our real estate license, which is issued by the superintendent of real estate uh, through the Real Estate Council of British Columbia. Uh, we have errors and emissions insurance. So we've got, you know, it's malpractice insurance, which doctors have, which lawyers have, accounts have and everything. Our errors and emissions insurance is nullified and voided if we perform duties outside of our level of expertise. So our exactly. level of expertise is marketing homes, negotiating on behalf of our buyers, uh, taking care of them, right? Um, our level of expertise is not legal opinion. It's not a, uh, exactly. engineering opinions on depreciation reports. Um, it's frankly- Providing tax, providing tax oh, advice. Oh, oh yeah. Because you know nowadays too, you know one of the questions, capital gain. How much capital gain am I going to have to pay? See, any of these things, licensees know or should know, that if they give the consumer advice in these areas and the consumer takes it and a problem occurs and the licensee gets sued, guess what? No insurance. We take this very seriously. So uh, going back to the beginning, you know, Kyle, you're, you're talking about the fact that we're not lawyers because sometimes consumers will say, well, but you're supposed to know. You're, you're in this real estate business, right? 
Um, even if we do know, the best we can do is explain our experience. We still need to refer them off to exactly expert. Yeah. Right. No. And then we always try to put that in writing. And if you're a realtor, if you're working with a realtor and they're telling you, you know, this is something you need to see this professional for, take that seriously. Right. It's the same of working with an insurance broker as well. Yeah. You know, as Sean was talking about stratas before, and you know, there's a lot of things going on in the insurance world right now. And again, they'll want us to start qualifying about, you know, insurance rates or potential liability yeah. and what risk again we're educated we have a lot of experience in that but again we'll always refer you out uh, to that person yeah. so that you are fully protected because that is our job is to protect our clients best interests uh, but in that protecting the best interests, a lot of times that is seeing that very special person um, to answer those questions yeah, yeah exactly because you know the your general practitioner your GP cannot uh, answer your concerns about your your circulation right or yeah, whatever exactly or, or, yeah so you need to go to yeah. a specialist hey, hey listen in 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 this in this area here what i want to touch on is um because this happened to me before where we where i've said to a consumer listen i can't this is beyond my scope of expertise you need to speak to an expert and when there's pushback when the when the buyer says oh no i don't want to do that i just you know i just want to go ahead guess what red flags Right. As yeah. somebody who's been around for long enough and I, I know the difference between, you know, somebody who's on the level and and, um, uh, you know, being very transparent with us, their 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 realtor. Right. When somebody uh, offers resistance, I'm like, what's going on? What's going on here? We as licensees, we got to We got to uh, unpeel the layers of the onion and find out what the true stress of that buyer is. Right. Yeah. Um, because I'm not crossing the line. I'm not going to start. Uh, there's no way. Uh, hey, you and I, Kyle, we're past presidents of yeah, the Victoria yeah. Board. You know, I'm an instructor exactly. for a provincial association. Like, I, there's no way I'm crossing that boundary. Um, and I need to find out what the deal with the with the buyer is, right? Exactly. Well, and Sean referenced earlier about, you know, people buying condominiums at the height of the market without reviewing certain documents or passing up on inspections. I mean, that's something that we're never going to recommend because our team holds ourselves. Yeah. But I mean, if... I, we've, I've had it where people say, well, no, I don't need to do an inspection. My, you know, my uncle is going to come and take a review or, and yeah. we will generally put, have to put that stuff in writing because as you said about our, you know, insurance, we need to protect ourselves. If you're not going to protect yourself and listen to our recommendations, we're going to put certain documents into writing and showing that you have waived your right to an inspection. You have waived your right to a review of municipal documents. Through so your again, own choice. Through your yeah, through the buyer's through choice own choice. validity, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because we do see people that they get so caught up in the momentum of a very busy market, you yeah. know. Again, you know. So yes, you might go into a multiple offer situation, and I've explained this to people. They say, "Well, how did that person buy it without you know with no conditions?" Well, you know, at at busy times in the market, sometimes as a buyer, you will do an inspection not using the seller's inspection report, like Sean said. Mm -hmm. You know that you can't rely on that document, but you can pay ahead of time, and that might allow you to right with a condition-free offer well and but the other those thing those strategies and the other thing too is you know if you had a buyer that says how come that other party beat me out we don't know the story of that other party this could be the 15th time that yeah. they've been at the table and they're well practiced now and they know what they have to do right exactly exactly but you're right we have to you know document as much as possible and if someone is really taking a lot of risk yeah. we have to make sure to kind of either step away from that and i yeah. think some of us have in the past i know we've all talked about we've had to let certain clients go because you know they're creating too much risk and liability and we don't want to be a part of that 
So, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the whole people get caught, consumers get caught up in the moment and they're all, you know, all of a sudden, uh, um, irrational activity happens. But what I want to leave uh, listeners with before the break is not only the consumers, realtors get caught up in that too. And I think this is also an area where uh, having an experienced licensee who is well-versed in dealing with this kind of stuff is paramount because it's easy for somebody who's not used to this multiple offer bidding war situation, a, a realtor, to actually get caught up and all of a sudden mistakes are made. So you, you'd really need that person who's used to handling this kind of stuff. Anyways, uh, we are talking today with members of the Prime Real Estate team, Sean Farrell and Kyle Kerr. Jeez, uh, we, we prepare a whole bunch of questions. We're on number two right now. <laughs> and we're halfway through. So uh, we'll see how much more we can get through back uh, in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of The Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Their information is on the CFAX1070.com website under shows. Uh, you'll find us, The Whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe. All of their information is there, or you can reach out to me directly. Uh, by the way, if you're a podcast listener, we do podcast all of our episodes. We are at uh, episode 178, I think it is right now. <laughs> it's been, it's been wow, four, wow. Oh yeah, four years. Lots of great content. If you're a podcast listener, uh, you can download them on iTunes or Google Play. A lot of the information, by the way, is evergreen because, you know, although we talk about market conditions at the moment and stuff every once in a while, a lot of the things like what we're talking about today are, are simply uh, knowledge and education that can help you at any point in time in your real estate transaction. So share this with your friends, share this with your family. Um, and as always, if you have any questions, let us know. We're talking today and we're trying to debunk myths, have some frequently asked questions answered. We're with my fellow team members from the Prime Real Estate team at Remax Camosun here in Victoria. It's Sean Kerr and uh, sorry. <laughs> Kyle Kerr and Sean Farrell. I'll take it. <laughs> oh my goodness, Sean Farrell and Kyle Kerr. Uh, thanks for coming back, guys. Thank you. Um, I, you know, really, really quickly, Kyle. You know, I referenced a moment ago, and a lot of people know this because you know, CFAX listeners have heard you on the radio before our program because you were the president of the real estate board in 2018. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So. Very used to be on the radio and, and TV, but uh, now that I'm a past past president, it's not quite as often. Yeah, but the thing is, there there is, there is a level of expertise that is expected of the people that lead our industry. Oh, definitely. I mean, when you know, I I first joined the board. I was my third year in the business, actually. So I got uh, I got Christian in the fire pretty quick. But yeah, you do just un learn to understand the business in in a different way and you look at it from a higher level uh you know when you're there meeting with the politicians as you know we lead up to an election here shortly uh and you start talking about looking at the housing market at a higher level and understanding policies and how those come to affect it it makes you want, want to be a better professional at the same time because you realize how important our role is as a realtor i've always said to people you know we're kind of the the gatekeepers you know we welcome new people to the city and we're here to introduce them to the city and we want them to have that great experience if they're buying their first home or selling their longtime family home. So yeah, we have to treat it very seriously because that's our job. 
Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's a lot more. I mean, you know, there's 1,400 uh, realtors in Victoria, which, you know, some will feel that's a lot. And it's a fantastic uh, uh, um, career to have. Realtors, you know, they, they'll sell a house here and there, which is fine. Um, you know, me too. I, I mean, I, I 10 years into the business, I decided to get onto the real estate board and it opened my eyes uh, to a whole bunch of other stuff. And all of a sudden got me involved in um, uh, teaching for our provincial association, for our real estate council, uh, training, education, and also CFACs here because I was on the radio lots when I was the president back yeah. in, uh, in 2008. So um, good time. We're, and we're Open will be board president by 2028, and we'll just yeah. kind of every ten every ten years there'll be a prime team president, right? Yeah. So there you go, Sean. The, the reason why we're talking about this is we're we're just we're priming you here, you know, right? Very subtle. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's very too subtle. very subtle. Very prime. You're bringing yeah. the prime in. Well, seeing as this is an FAQ show that we're yes. doing right here, uh, maybe there's a few listeners out there uh, that have some FAQs about your trajectory, both of you as past presidents. If anyone out there is thinking that these guys just showed up for a year worked really hard and then carried on that's not the case is it guys it's uh, how, how long does it take to become uh, a president and uh, it's it, I already know the answer to this question but for, for maybe hearing you guys talk about the commitment it takes because you guys are volunteer a lot of your time and it's for the and you do it because you want to see our the uh, the consumers uh, uh, have a good experience and to see that the, the, the industry grow in a healthy way but just uh, how long how long did it take both of you to uh, I I don't think it was maybe the exact same amount of time because there are some variables, but how long were you, uh, how long did you spend rising, learning, learning everything and and moving up through the ropes? Well, you know, actually great question, Sean. It's not, it's rare for someone to get elected on the board directors and become president right away. And I was still a very green director, uh, believe it or not, for anyone who knows me, I had no committee experience before I became a director. Like, no, uh, I was on my strata, but I had never been on a committee before. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I did two terms, so a term is two years uh, at the Victoria Real Estate Board. I did two terms as uh, an elected director, which which uh, is, is necessary first, uh, and then took a year off, uh, and then uh, I was elected again as um, president-elect. So I went through three terms um, to become the, the president of the board. So that's six years with a break in between. It was seven years. So it's a bit of a span, and, uh, yeah. and it was great. Yeah. And I, and I was the same. I was a continuous run of, of seven years, but you know, I had a lot of great people with a lot of experience before me. And, you know, I was 28 when I joined the real estate board. So uh, I just had some life experience to gain as well. But I mean, it was interesting for me being a younger person and, and traveling across Cross Canada, and, and the average demographic of a director generally was 50 plus. So, I mean, Tony slowly started bringing that age down, and you know, <laughs> myself and, and Tim Ayers uh, were two of the youngest presidents ever in Victoria Real Estate Board history, um, which I think is good. And, and now, when I do travel on the road, you see a lot of young uh, professionals getting in around the board tables. So, uh, but it's a big commitment for sure. It's I, you know, this year being my first year off the board, I've kind of equated it to about 20% of my brain being back. So. Uh, it's, it's nice, but I, I really love the experience. And I have to say, and, and again, for any of our colleagues that are listening right now, uh, joining the real estate board, becoming a director, and the privilege of my time as the president was, was frankly the best thing that I did in my career. It, um, it, yeah. it, it not only opened my eyes, it opened a lot of doors. Uh, it gave me a lot of connections. Kyle, you mentioned, you know, yeah. we, we are friendly with politicians of all uh, um, uh, yeah. Uh, of, of all parties, uh, personally, right? 
we are also, um, we have a huge network of friends across the country. I mean, I just had one where we got a phone call from a realtor in Guelph uh, who has a client coming over here and we're the first person they call. So it's a privilege for us yeah. to, to have this wide cast net of, of people that we know all as a result of this. So why don't I say that and going into one of my other myths, and it's a little bit of a fun one. So we just talked about the professional side of this and, and all the volunteering and giving back in our day-to-day job. So one myth that I get all the time is, Realtor life is not like selling Sunset or any of these other real estate <laughs> yeah. TV shows. Yes. Um, I well, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, so Sean, you, you've got a background in luxury real estate and fancy houses and condos. Surely it is the same as HGTV, right? I don't look that good in heels and a pencil skirt. No, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, it's not. Reality diverges from reality TV is one of my favorite sayings. I like to say yeah. it's nothing like you see uh, on on HGTV. Uh, I I don't watch that that channel uh, hardly ever unless it's my friends. And my friends always look at it and they go, "I don't think I've ever seen you." look like that or act like that or say things like that. And I said, no, no, we definitely do not. Uh, we do not live the charm life that uh, that's portrayed in various professions. Uh, well, we know, live the professional life. We work hard, but we, uh, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not walking around uh, the office with glasses of champagne talking about uh, who's oh premiering on the Hollywood Boulevard. That's for sure. Well, well listen, well, listen, here's the thing though, too, because those programs never show the pain. No, there, there is, there is a, there yeah. is a segment of pain in our business where if a, if, if a client's not able to get what they want or if a, you know, a, something collapses, there's a lot of pain and you know, there's not a lot of that on these programs. It's all the, think, it's all the party know, party and you know, everyone's happy. Right. And I understand that we, you know, we, we understand in the industry, they have to condense these shows to make them palatable in half an hour, 60 minutes, but you know, yeah. these exactly. But when, you know, uh, you know, an agent say shows people three houses and all of a sudden they make a decision. That's generally not how this works. Um, and the other thing too, that I get from a lot of those shows is, I, I hate hearing consumers use the word flip. Oh, we want to buy this place and flip it in a year. And, and it's, it's thrown out very cavalier. Like it's just this simple thing. And I think, you know, we can like sit here and it's a given and they don't talk about property purchase transfer tax on the purchase in. They don't talk about fees and taxes on the way out. You know, all those things we talked about before that, you know, Oh, my neighbor flipped this house and they made a hundred grand. Well, they made 30 grand when you start breaking everything down. So <laughs> it is something that, you know, those shows are out there and, and nothing against those people who are in those shows, but I think it does create a false sense of reality sometimes, both from what our normal day-to-day lives are like. And also how, like you said, the pain that actually comes with, they don't, they don't have an HGTV show on people that lose millions of dollars in real estate or, <laughs> you know, hi- hired a contractor and didn't pull permits on a renovation. And then they have a stop. So there's just so many things that aren't highlighted in a lot of those that, that people don't see that other side of it. For sure. Well, hey, listen, need to take another break here. We might pick up on that conversation on the way back. We're having a conversation with the Prime Real Estate team members, Kyle Kerr and Sean Farrell, uh, who I referred to earlier as Sean Kerr and uh, Kyle Farrell, right? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> same break. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to The Whole Home Show. You're listening to uh, some guests that I have here from the Prime Real Estate team. It's Kyle Kerr 
and Sean Farrell. We're talking about dispelling some myths in the real estate business or industry, uh, also answering some frequently asked questions. I want to remind you, by the way, that if you're a podcast listener, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play, or you can watch our episodes, which we are recording uh, through COVID time from our home studio. Uh, find us on YouTube uh, or visit the Prime Real Estate Team, Prime Team. Ca. Okay, gentlemen, we were talking just before the break about HGTV or, or these uh, selling, you know, Beverly Hills programs and how realistic they are. They're so realistic, right? Incorrect. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> okay. The, uh, statistically speaking, for consumers to know, we know this number, by the way, there's uh, about 1,400, 1,380 realtors in Victoria. We know the number of transactions, you know, it can be anywhere from you know, 6,200, 7,200 transactions uh, in a year. And that means that the average realtor sells uh, is like 5.8 homes in a year, right? Yeah. In a year. We know there's some agents that's, you know, they do one here, one there, family member. There's also a lot of realtors in every marketplace that sell nothing. They just hold their license for uh, whatever reason. Um, and then there's uh, teams like us, our small team of three people, we transact a lot. Right. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. month of September, you know, there's a lot of files going across our desk. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because going back to these HGTV shows, um, you know, where people are like, oh, this realtor just made a hundred thousand dollar commission, you know, from this luxury mansion in uh, Beverly Hills. First of all, uh, commission calculations are different in every region. Right. Not the same yeah. in Victoria. Secondly, prices are different. Not the same in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, and finally, you know, you look at these guys here, they're not selling a house a week. They're not selling a house a month sometimes. You know, it's an occasion, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, I think the stats, the stats that come out from Korea, I think they have the average. The Canadian Real Estate Canada Association. About, yeah. Canadian Real Estate Association, sorry. The average realtor is making somewhere between fifty dollars and $58,000 a year, right? So you take those people who are only doing one or two, you take the higher producers, and really that average comes down to a little bit more of a, a standard income for the average person. But, and that's $58,000 gross, right? Correct. That's Correct. without yeah. expenses. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of consumers forget when they see that they see we we must disclose to uh, consumers uh, what you know what what we're going to be earning on a particular transaction. Every that, every transaction has that form, right? Yep. And uh, and so they look at that, but they, a lot of them forget that you know we don't the off we pay for our office space, we pay for our vehicles, we pay for our gas and our insurance and those things, and uh, we're 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 just a, we're just essentially self-employed contractors. Hey, but, I. I uh, yeah. I spent a, I spent a day in class online yesterday, not as a teacher for once, but as a student, because we have to have uh, a mandatory continued education, which I pay for, right? Right. So all of these, there's extra expenses that 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 you know uh, consumers may not understand that that we have, right? So the HGTV shows uh, and and other ones like it. The reality they they will they do like to focus on the on the on the income, but they 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 rarely talk about uh, the expenses that any other person has in their life as well, too, right? So, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, what else do we have in the myth in the mythology out there in real estate? Well, I started talking about subject twos or conditions, and mm -hmm. uh, I I thought I'll well. Given that uh, Kyle was talking about lawyers and how you know wh why why they're there and that we aren't lawyers, we can't replace your lawyer. We uh, we we they we also they're required to convey the property. But um, a common uh, not 
so common, but often you'll have uh, buyers or sellers, either one, have a subject to their lawyer's approval. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of, a lot of there's some myths out there in the past where that's a, a been perceived as a sort of get out of jail free card. If you've got a- You mean a like subject, the back door? Like the back door yeah. kind of thing? Well, like I'm gonna make this deal, but I want my lawyer to review it. And if I don't like anything, or if I just change my mind, I, I don't need, to, I can just my I can just say my lawyer doesn't approve it. Uh, but there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, case law recently where you need to be very uh, sellers and buyers. Uh, in, in, that, in the case of that that particular case that I'm referencing right now, it was a seller that asked to have a condition to have their lawyer review the contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, while that was happening, another offer came in, and uh, that seller decided to put the first offer aside and accept the second one. I'm, I'm not giving you all the details, but they got into a bit of trouble because the first buyer uh, said, well, wait a second. Um, my, your, you know, your condition was to have your lawyer review your contract. Yeah. What about the contract? Didn't you, what, are, what, are you, what about the contract is wrong that you can't proceed in good faith as you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and so, they the miss, end, so they misused that condition. So they, they did. They, yeah. They, yeah. they, they added as a tool and yep. they and they misused its intent. Yes. So okay. when you're writing conditions, you must follow their intent and you must act in good faith. And these are some of the many things that we do on a daily basis is advise people on these things. But um, as, as as because uh, Kyle was talking about the lawyer, we'll we'll often recommend that you uh, get a lawyer's help or an accountant's help or another specialist's help with a particular problem. Uh, however, if we're making it a part of a condition, which we will almost always do, um, we are, you know, we need, we, 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 you need to word it very specifically and, uh, and, and the, um, the former uh, sort of myth that if I can, if I have a subject to my lawyer reviewing things that I can just, if I have a change of heart on anything, I can just walk away. That's not true. And it's starting to be enforced these days. So, um, yeah, hey, that... I've, I've, I've got a somewhat similar story really quickly here. I remember a number of years ago, an agent from Vancouver came over and made an offer on a condo that we had listed for sale. Uh, and it was subject to financing. An appraiser was called. We booked the appraisal, right? And then he called the day after and said, oh, my buyer couldn't get financing, so we're backing out. And I'm like, hold on a second. You had an appraisal booked. You don't, uh, banks don't uh, uh, book appraisals unless the financing is approved. There's something fishy going on here. And as it turns out, what the guy did is he, it, it seems like he made three offers on three different properties until the buyer decided which one he truly wanted and then collapsed you know, the other ones. That is a, a misintent, just like what uh, Sean said, using that clause incorrectly, right? Um, yeah. And, and, and the, other, the other thing, too, that the consumer should know, we, we are here, the primary real estate team or, you know, a listing uh, uh, agent. We're here to protect the seller because we are here to sniff those things out. When we get the sense that somebody is doing this, you know, adding a strange clause that seems like a backdoor or a way for the other party to, uh, to back out, it's our job to say, no, hold on a second. No, this is, this is not right, right? Uh, and, and I've enjoyed in past every once in a while having uh, a licensee, typically a newer one say, Oh, you know, can we work on this together? Can we work out a, a clause or whatever? No, I, you, you are my adversary. I'm not helping you out. You are representing your party. I'm representing mine. This is the way it works. Right? So interesting time. 
You touched on financing there, Tony, and yet another common clause or subject to that uh, we we uh, we put in there. A lot of uh, a lot of buyers uh, get what they think is pre-approval, or the, and that they're they're uh, good to go, money's in the bank. And this is a this is a conversation we have a lot, both as listing agent and as buyer's agents, uh, because when you're a listing agent and you have a, a, a buyer's agent present an offer to you and tell you that their people are pre-approved, that means different things coming from different people. So one of the biggest myths is I've got, I've been pre-approved up to $500,000. So let's go look at it houses now. Let's go out and yeah. look at houses now and let's write an offer later today. Yeah. Well, until you've actually, there's, 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 those words are bandied about. Uh, it's a word I used in so, the other day, and someone thought that was I hadn't heard that term in a yeah. long time. Uh, but they are literally bandied about by different people, depending on um, what they're what they're trying to do. But you mentioned Tony in appraisal, and in that in that very specific scenario, um, when the bank has approved you to go out uh, and and buy something, at that point. What we're talking about is that you have done your homework with your lender or your mortgage broker. You've submitted financial documents. You confirmed your income and a bunch of other potential steps that are going to be different for different people and, and different consumers. But ultimately, they know they have a very current and recent financial snapshot of everything going on in your life, including your savings and your where your down payment is and uh, your, your residency status, a bunch of other variables. But it's more than just... I've gone on to my bank's website and they've told me that I can buy a house up to this amount. That's a very different distinction and we'll walk you through that. Uh, but what happens is, is once you have been approved for that, the bank still needs to give the thumbs up to the property you're considering buying because after all, that's the collateral that you're offering up uh, in case you know you aren't able to fulfill your obligations later on down the road on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a two-step process. The first step where uh, uh, we as agents are looking for is that you have you have done what we call your homework with your lender and uh, and that has come back and all approved and that you haven't just had a passing phone conversation or you were in the bank making your RSP deposit and they just happen to mention, oh, you know, we could get you a mortgage for this amount. Those are two different things. Yeah, okay, so so here's the thing. We, we hear a lot of stories of deals that collapse. Oh, a, a deal collapsed because the buyer couldn't get their financing. And usually the realtor who brought that offer and blames the, oh, well, the bank or the mortgage broker dropped the ball or whatever. I have to say right now, part of that blame is on the realtor. Agreed. Because the realtor did not do their job to confirm the fact that the buyer was able to buy. And uh, I know the three of us, uh, we do not start spending time with somebody until it is absolutely confirmed that they have their financing. First of all, because um, it's terrible to have somebody's hopes raised and, you know, they want to buy this house only to find out they can't. And secondly, honestly, as an agent, it's embarrassing. To have to tell the other party, oh, sorry, uh, my guy couldn't get the finance because, um, I, I, like I said, I put a lot of that weight on the, the realtor who should be confirming that, right? The other thing, too, is sellers every once in a while. You bring an offer in and the seller says, How, what do you mean subject to financing? I don't agree with subject to financing. I thought you said that the buyer was uh, approved you know, what the other realtor would have told us. And the answer is, it's not just their approval process, just like Sean just said. Your house has got to approve as well, too. Your house is the buyer's collateral. So, so important. All right. Hey, we're coming near to the end here, guys. One more minute left. Hey, we covered what? About five things and we got a list of 20? Yeah. We'll need to come back. (laughs) 
I've yeah, got a Sean. quick I've got a quick one for the for the listeners uh, yep. and the watchers. Uh, I it was an FAQ for me up until a couple of weeks ago when the three of us were together. Yep. Tony, you mentioned earlier uh, in this episode you used the word evergreen. Yes. And I looked at Kyle when you mentioned it the last time. I'm like. What the heck is evergreen mean? And it just <laughs> for the listeners, he was referring to the information here as being evergreen. What Tony is talking about there is it's information that pertains now and well into the future. Uh, you know, so you can feel free to what you hear. You can, you know, it, it will pertain later on down the road. Uh, but as always, if you if you have any questions, Tony knows how to tell you how to how to find us. But you've already found us if you're watching this right now. That's great, Sean Farrell, Kyle Kerr. Both team members at the Prime Real Estate team. If you have questions, like Sean says, look us up, primeteam.ca. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be here for you this time next week.